everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. I'm here, Jenny's here. Jenny's still kind of frustrated with some of these readings, I think. I feel in the distance. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a bad date with God right now. Oh, my word. <clears throat> Uh, okay, so we, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, we read Exodus 22 to 24 today. Uh, stick around, listen to the reading, read it for yourself. Um, but essentially what we're going to get is some more law, like some more rules. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Um, and kind of like this confirmation of God's covenant. And then um, like there's this whole scene where Moses goes up on the mountain again. Uh, so, Jenny, what is the issue? Why, why are you saying you're feeling distant? What's going on? We were just talking, and at the beginning of our reading, specifically in Genesis, it just feels like, wow, this God of the Old Testament is really cool, much more than I imagined, because oftentimes I would always just put God in this like stone-faced, cold guy box. Um, but I felt like in Genesis it was really obvious that that is not who he is. And I feel like now that they've come out of Egypt, we've seen him do incredible things. I'm kind of like blown away by that still. And then these chapters where it's like God feels really distant all of a sudden. Um, Moses is the only one who can see him. Don't touch the mountain. Don't get close to the mountain. Like don't do all these things. There's like lots of rules now. Um, They're strange rules. I don't really like them. (laughs) So it just, it feels really like, Kind of cold and not so comfy anymore. That's my issue. Dang. Come All right. So <laughs> I'm not going to come at you. Um, my guess is other people feel similarly. I think I think when you're reading through this stuff, like you probably either feel that way or you're kind of like, no, I know who God is and I'm not worried about these rules. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I just, that's kind of like the two sides that you could end up on, like the two extremes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um Don't get me wrong. There are some parts in here that I can, like, I definitely appreciate. It's just those cold moments that are just, like, uncomfy. I don't like it. So God hasn't changed. So God in Genesis did not all of a sudden become cold and dark. (laughs) He hasn't shifted. He hasn't changed. Uh, What we are seeing take shape is that God is giving direction to 2 million people that have not in recent history, as far as the reading, Uh, been able to be their own people like they've lived under the rule of the egyptians they just did what the egyptians said for 400 years Mm -hmm. Um, when we saw them come into egypt there were 70 people so like that was an extended family now we're dealing with you know the size of like some cities that amount of people Mm -hmm. and god has to give some kind of direction like god through moses is giving direction instruction for how to do life um, I wish I would have talked about it yesterday, but in Exodus 19.6, there is like an interesting little verse um, where God's people get called out, 19.6, and you shall be a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Um, they're already God's people. Like God gave his promise to Abraham. God is walking that promise out. But he's also making them into a kingdom of priests. And that is significant because now God is going to show the world who he is and what he's like through this specific group of people. And if you look at a lot of these rules and laws, which Jenny finds cold and distant and dark. <laughs> it's like you're on a date. I mean, and how you would, just how finally you... fear. You hear the first thing that you're like, mm, 
Would you want to like live in a world where there are no rules? That seems Yes. Awful. No. No, it seems terrible. I don't feel um, that way. It just it feels kind of goofy. Yeah. So there are some things that are very uh, good to dive into. The first one is the idea of restitution. In mm-hmm. Exodus 22, you'll see restitution called out several times. Uh, that is a uniquely God-centered, Christian-centered idea. Uh, because in the ancient world, there were many of many other ancient Near Eastern law codes. In those law codes, oftentimes, if a property issue arose, like if I stole your donkey, then I would just get killed. Or if I... So crazy. If, like that's how the world was. This law is not like this. This law says, hey, listen, like human life is very different than a coat or a donkey. So if you steal my donkey, you have to pay for the donkey. I don't have to kill you. Um, So that idea of restitution is unique at that time, and that is something that makes God not cold and distant. It actually makes him caring for human life in a way that many other cultures did not. So something that stuck well with me then, something I did appreciate. (laughs) We're we're winning Jenny over to the rules and laws. Uh, 22 verse 20 It's talking about how the Lord, well, it's not 20, it's actually 21. Um, It says, do not oppress the sojourners. Um, It's also talking about um, widows and fatherless children, not to mistreat them. And if they are mistreated, the Lord will hear their cries um, and he will kill said mistreater by the sword. So you like that part. I don't like it, but it's interesting (laughs) that you say that they value life so much, but... There are certain things that don't fly, apparently. When it um, comes to mistreating right, human life. Right, Yeah, so this is So, no, I don't like it that people are getting killed. It's just interesting <laughs> that it's, like, so... It's, like, such an upheld thing. Um, we saw in Job that Job was calling out to God as uh, someone who cared for widows and orphans. We'll see Jesus talk about widows and orphans. We'll mm-hmm. see James talks about talk about widows and orphans. There is no question that throughout the entirety of Scripture, God's heart... Uh, is uniquely toward widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. It's like all over scripture. So it kind of takes me all the ba- all the way back to when we talked about Ishmael and Hagar because they kind of went off on their own, right? Yeah, Abraham yeah. released them, but they were also just like by themselves. Like she could not take care of him on her own. Like women were not just able to just be like Go single moms. Like, it wasn't like that for them. So I think God definitely protects those situations because of the vulnerability that they are or that they have, I guess. Yeah, it's it's very clear. We see that with Leah, too, I think. Like, Rachel and Leah get into, like, a fight about who can have kids and who can't. Mm-hmm. And the Bible actually says that uh, God had mercy on Leah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so God consistently is loving these people in difficult situations. His, his love for sojourners is all over scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says in 22, 27, this is like a rule about your neighbor's coat. Uh, if he cries out to me, I will hear for I am compassionate. Like God himself <laughs> is saying like, Reminder. I love people. And I think Jenny, like when you, when you actually like delve into the heart and spirit of these laws and rules and you contrast it with the darkness of the ancient world, mm-hmm. they are good laws and yeah. they are helpful for the people. Cause again, we're leading a group of the size of a small American city. You have to have rules and laws mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. these are uniquely 
like caring for human life, Mm -hmm. um, allowing situations for grace. Uh, We saw yesterday where if somebody gets killed, like if you commit manslaughter, essentially, um, there's not a blood get on your life and there's going to be cities provided where you can escape so your life can be protected from the family that's obviously very upset with you. That's a gracious thing. Um, So I think on surface value, you can look over this and be like, oh my word, God is so annoying with all his rules, but his rules are so different. And that is that idea of being a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. This group of people, this Israel, they are supposed to be showing the world what God is like. And God is very different than what their laws and rules are like. Can you just tap into a little bit for me here? Yeah. Um, with verse 20, or excuse me, chapter 23, verse 9. Uh, it says, you shall not oppress the sojourner. You know the heart of the sojourner, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. Yeah. When it's talking about this, what kind of oppression could be put onto a sojourner, and why is that word so important? So a sojourner is essentially somebody who's like a nomad, somebody just like constantly wandering. Is this assuming someone who's wandering knowing God or wandering without knowing God Uh, or a mix of both? Yeah, I would say that... It, their faith is not even considered in the in the context. Okay. Um, in the ancient Near East, particularly in this culture, like hospitality is wildly important. So this is a time where there's not you know convenience stores, there's not grocery stores, there's not gas stations. Like there's not simple places to get care. The only way you get care when you're a sojourner is by people being gracious to you. And God is saying like, hey, you need to be gracious to these people that are moving through. Because it was at one point that you were these people and you're going to be compassionate to them. Um, I think God's heart stays that way. And so it's important for us to actually capture that today. Um, we have, you know, plenty of refugee situations, plenty of uh, people kind of without care in their lives. And it's important that people called by God's name are caring for those people in whatever way that we can. Obviously, it looks different than it did then. Um, but I think God still cares for widows and orphans and sojourners. And we want to care for them. So that's that's probably like a, a way to just actually wrap up our part in the story is let's continue to have a heart for widows and orphans and people without a home. Uh, because it's clear throughout scripture. I mean, we're only three books in and we've seen it in probably all three books mm-hmm. uh, that that is something that God cares about. So we want to care for that. Uh, and look for ways that we can be helpful in those situations. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow we are looking at Exodus 25 to 27. So we'll see you then. Bye. Exodus 22. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall repay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. But if the sun has risen on him, there shall be blood guilt for him. He shall surely pay. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the stolen beast is found alive in his possession, whether it is an ox or a donkey or a sheep, he shall repay double. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be grazed over or lets his beast loose and feeds in another man's field, he shall make restitution for the best, from the best of his own field and his own vineyard. If the fire breaks out and catches in thorns so that the stacked grain or the standing grain or the field is consumed, he who started the fire shall make full restitution. If a man gives to his neighbor money or goods to be kept safe and it is stolen from the man's house, then if the thief is found, he shall pay double. 
If the thief is not found, the owner of the house shall come near to God to show whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. For every breach of trust, whether it is for an ox, for a donkey, for a sheep, for a cloak, or for any kind of lost thing, of which one says, This is it, the case of both parties shall come before God, the one whom God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. If a man gives to his neighbor a donkey, or an ox, or a sheep, or any beast to keep safe, and it dies or is injured and, or is driven away without anyone seeing it, an oath by the Lord shall be between them both to see whether or not he has put his hand to his neighbor's property. The owner shall accept the oath, and he shall not make restitution. But if it is stolen from him, he shall make restitution to its owner. If it is torn by beasts, let him bring it as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what has been torn. If a man borrows anything of his neighbor and it is injured or dies, the owner not being with it, he shall make a full restitution. If the owner was with it, he shall not make restitution. If it was hired, it came for its hiring fee. If a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall give the full bride price for her and make her his wife. If her father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the bride price for virgins. You shall not permit a sorceress to live. Whoever lies with an animal shall be put to death. Whoever sacrifices to any god other than the Lord alone shall be devoted to destruction. You shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and I will kill you by the sword and your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be like a money lender to him and you shall not exact interest from him. If ever you take your neighbor's cloak and pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down, for that is his only covering, and it is his cloak for his body. And what else shall he sleep? And if he cries to me, I will hear, for I am compassionate. You shall not revile God, nor curse a ruler of your people. You shall not delay to offer from the fullness of your harvest and from the outflow of your presses. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. You shall do the same with your oxen and with your sheep. Seven days it shall be with its mother. On the eighth day you shall give it to me. You shall be consecrated to me. Therefore you shall not eat any flesh that is torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under its burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with, you, with it. You shall rescue it with him. You shall not pervert the justice due to your poor in his lawsuit. Keep far from a false charge, and do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not acquit the wicked. And you shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the clear-sighted and subverts the cause of those who are in the right. You shall not oppress a sojourner. 
You know the heart of a sojourner, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. For six years you shall sow your land and gather in its yield, but the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow, that the poor of your people may eat, and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the son of your servant woman and the alien may be refreshed. Pay attention to all that I have said to you, and make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. Three times in the year you shall keep a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread, as I have commanded you. You shall eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib, for in that time you came out of Egypt. None shall appear before me empty-handed. You shall keep the feast of harvest and the first fruits of your labor of what you sow in the field. You shall keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in from the field the fruit of your labor. Three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with anything leavened, or let the fat of my feast remain until the morning. The best of the first fruits of the ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, I will blot them out. You shall not bow down to other gods nor serve them, nor do as they do, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their pillars in pieces. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from among you. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror before you and will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come and I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and possessed the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and from the wilderness to the Euphrates. For I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them and their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near and the people shall not come up with him. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the front of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. 
Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it over the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven of clear, for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They, behold God, they beheld God, and ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain, and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone, with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up to the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.